Welcome back to DM Says Kitchen and our third review for this week. Um, this review will be about Fiasco, which we played in our second arc. So as always, if you want to avoid spoilers, go listen to that first and then come back. Otherwise, jump right in and hope you enjoy it. Fifth is our one year, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, we'll think of something we're gonna do for that. Anyways, we recorded in like February. Well, we recorded in like June, but but our actual launch date was August twenty fifth. Weird. Okay, it was like sweltering hot. Never mind. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the PME was on. Yeah. Mm. Welcome to Dungeon Master's Test Kitchen, where you don't know what's happening because we don't either. What are we doing today, Kayla? All right, we are now going to cover Fiasco, which is a game we most recently played, so now we're catching up on our reviews finally. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about Fiasco and its learning curve. Um, to, to be fair, we did ruin that game. We uh, we yeah. we fucked with the rules. Didn't they? <laughs> we we, we, we definitely... didn't really actually. <laughs> what we modified? Okay, so as you talk about what we modified, um, so Fiasco is um, I guess how Improv? do we? Just... Well, yeah, Fast is a very improv-heavy game. It is a game that requires zero preparation. It is designed to have zero DM. The book itself is maybe 100 pages at most. Well, it's whose line is anyway with roll tables. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, there's four settings included in the book, which is just literally a bunch of roll tables, which you roll the dice at the table to determine the setting and the relationships of the people at the table. Um, so we did make some slight changes when we played it as part of our arc two. Yeah, we um, let Andrew be here. Yeah, we let Andrew be here. Um, <laughs> yeah, we kind of forced a DM into the situation. <laughs> you never want to force a DM to do anything. <laughs> now, um, really, the only modifications that we did is we did give Andrew um, some positive and some negative dice that we said that he could use to change the fate of some scenes. He ended up using them mostly to decide uh, whenever complications showed up. So that is the primary difference that we did when we were playing it. In general, you would not have a DM doing that. You would just be at the table making those decisions yourself. Yeah, basically he was a sixth player who was not within the narrative. He was the narrative. But influenced the narrative. But influenced the narrative, which yeah. is, which, I mean, doesn't necessarily break the anyway. game. No, it's kind of like having a five and a half players. We yeah. left him out in an exclusive inclusive manner. We yeah, left was, him out in an inclusive manner. It was incredibly entertaining. <laughs> Even though I was excluded in an inclusive manner. It was incredibly entertaining. Um, yeah, uh, the, yeah, I think the learning curve for that was... Yeah, so for everyone at the table, um, I was the only one that really read the book ahead of time. Everyone at the table, we pr- I pretty much told the rules as we played, as you guys will hear when you guys yeah. listen to that episode. But uh, yeah, so you guys pretty much learned it on the spot. Yeah, and I, I think it was, um, there's not a lot to it. It was a little counterintuitive just because it, it, it's so simple. It came mm-hmm. down to kind of like binary choices. Mm-hmm. And for me, those are always complicated because I just, you know, starter's kid versus beginner's kid, you know? Back to our D&D episode. Left versus right. Uh, so the I take the dice and I give it to somebody or I hang on to it kind of thing was the only thing I had trouble with. And, like, otherwise, it was, I mean, it was, there's basically one mechanic mm-hmm. to to that and then a, a mechanic kind of at the end. 
And I um, think I was just confused about how little rolling there was to do, but mm-hmm. other than that... Yeah, because this, this is a game virtually with almost no rolling other than at the intermission, so at the end of the first act. Well, and, and at the, the very beginning. Oh, at the very beginning, yeah, and which those dice don't necessarily mean anything other than you pick them for your points, your yeah. setting points. So, like, something to save for the learning curve is, like, it's a pretty short game. Like, it might take a couple hours, and depending on how you do it, it might take longer. I think it's designed for, like, two hours, three hours so, gameplay. So, um, the game itself, so the way that we played it is a standard way of playing it, um... There, it does include uh, rules for if you want to play a longer game or a shorter game, which uh, basically you do that by reducing the number of cards that are on the table and the number of dice that go into the pool. Okay. And how many players is it built for? Um, it's designed, I believe, for four to six, but okay. um, obviously the more players you add, the longer the game's going to be. If you have four players, it's not going to be as long because really what's going to happen for the most part is you're going to be kind of going around the table four times in total. And so, yeah, the more players you have, the longer it's going to take. I could see this game being... Uh, great for like a seasoned improv group to actually give it a real go in like a live setting. And I think for that, the audience doesn't really need to know much about the, how the game works. You know, it's, it, the learning curve is basically as steep as, uh, Drew Carey telling the audience how a game works on whose line is it anyway. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. you know. I can say, like, and then too, like, we did it in one session, we wouldn't do it. But we if you play, no, we did two or, sessions. Oh, sorry, two sessions, but like, we did that playthrough, and we did that. But say if you played, you know, four, five, six games of these over a little bit of time, and they're relatively short, you would then also gain that experience, the expectations. You would need to know the game pretty quick. Yeah, the game's not designed for, like, a full campaign or anything. It is considered it's supposed to be, like, an enclosed story. Now, there are people who have made it into a campaign. There's actually a podcast that I listened to to actually get an idea of how the game worked, that they made it into a full, like, show out of it. But in general, this game is just supposed to be kind of a pick-up-and-play. It's like a board game night kind of game. So it's in that way, it's like super light and compared to, mm-hmm. to a lot of tabletop games that require months of commitment, in theory. So when it comes to learning curve, would we all agree that a five? It's super easy to I'd learn. give it a five. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the most easy. The longest time we had was figuring out, like, what what do you mean a relationship between these people? Like that's the longest part that we had. Yeah, the setup is literally the longest part because mm-hmm. um, once you once you kind of divide everything, because especially it's not intuitive if you played other tabletop games. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, well, what is my character? It's like, well, no, we're talking about how these characters relate to each other, which is very different than most tabletop. What do you games. mean I don't get to roll these dice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean we're working with a group pool and I don't get to roll my dice? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's it's a collaborative storytelling game, and so much more than it, so many any other games that I've ever played. It's like mm-hmm. you're so reliant on the other people at the table, mm-hmm. which makes it interesting. And I think that's a good segue into uh, new player friendliness mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's basically the same. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're a seasoned RP vet or uh, you've never played a game like this before, I think it basically is almost no different from just making up stories when you're a kid and playing with the neighborhood kids. I'd almost say that this is like the best one to jump into as a total newbie. It's going to give you guys, you have to do the session zero together because it's the only way to create characters. It gives you a good idea of how to create a party that sort of works together because you're working on those relationships with each other. And the the rules are so light and you're not going to get bogged down with the confusion between this and other systems and you're going to figure out how to improv and yes and and um really work with the the players at your table yeah Yeah, it'll give you a a really good foundation for like rping in in future Mm -hmm. like i think some some of the content may be more adult themed but this would be a good framework for kids for sure um 
not too many, but if you had like four or five kids around a table and uh, maybe somebody a little bit older that, that kind of just knew the rules and, on how to set it up mm-hmm. and could kind of steer the flock. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it would be good. But yeah, I think you, you just wouldn't, would want to watch out for some of the adult content. Mm-hmm. It is a pure chaos game, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pure chaos. Because it's, there's no rules holding you back on what you're deciding. It's, oh, this is happening. Okay, we all work towards it. And yeah. it's, it's really good in that regard, but it is pure chaos. There's mm-hmm. there's no there's you roll twice. As in the name, it's fiasco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um my recommendation would be like if you wanna start playing D D would be to grab Fiasco, get the group of people who wanna play D D together, play a round of Fiasco before setting up your D D campaign and just having that as your lead into RPG and character creation and all that. Yeah, if you've never played an RPG, um, this would definitely be a good place to start. Yeah, it gives you it gives you a great place to start for a character like, oh, well, I know how I relate to the guy next to me and how I relate to the guy to the left of me. I have a couple things that, like, oh, I have a need or I have a location that's important to me. What does that mean? And you have a setting. So it's a great way of setting up that role-playing in a way because you have enough to kind of go on, like, okay, well, what would this person think and do where if you've never done role-playing before, it's a good way of getting you to think about that, how those interactions happen. And... Yeah, very much. It's in the name. Fiasco. It's things are supposed to go wrong and go crazy. So as like a counterpoint is, it is very much an RP heavy thing. If that isn't your thing, like if you're one mm-hmm. of the min maxers mm-hmm. or if you're one of the people who enjoys playing the mechanical games or you like being that sort of like into it, is not, it doesn't cater to that. It doesn't no, rules lawyer like would just be like, oh, okay, well, I completed my goal. Now what? Yeah. And that's yeah, exactly it, it's, what happened. It's all like it's about like you know creating a story, collaborative storytelling. It's about having sort of an RP session, sort of that whose line is anyway, sort of like scenarios with decent things happening. And if you're not that sort of person, this is definitely not the game. Well, yeah, and if you're going into this expecting some big long revolutionizing story, but you're playing the wrong game in the first place, like yeah. this is like I said, this is a great game that you can sit around with your friends with a couple beers and just have a have a, just a night doing something goofy and silly and see what happens. Mm-hmm. But like. Yeah, this is not designed for a long-term campaign. So would we say that five is noob-friendly? Yeah, I'd say five. Oh, yeah, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, noob-friendly, five for sure. Yeah. So adaptability is next. So um, one thing I didn't mention to you guys is there were four settings in the book. So the one that we um, picked was called The Ice, which is very similar to The Thing movie. Most of the settings are designed around a very popular film. That's the, The creator is really big into films. And so like one of them is based very strongly around Fargo. Uh, the one we picked was, yeah, it's kind of based around the thing, even though you don't have to run it that way. Really, it's just, it's an ice lab in the, in the Antarctic or somewhere, wherever there's ice, that's up to you. Now, as I said, the book has four settings. There are additional supplementary books that also have settings. There is also a massive library online on the bully put, uh, the, I can never remember their name. Um, the, the guys who made the game, on their website, there's a huge library that you can... There's free games, free settings that people put up there. There are ones you can buy. That's all there. So in forms of adaptability, all you really need to do is be able to make some roll tables that provide interesting results, and that is your setting. Mm-hmm. Yep. With any, like, rules, rules like game, um, you can basically put on anything. You can reskin it. You can place anything. There's a little bit of, like, the prefab work that you can make the roll tables, but... As you're saying. I think, yeah, story adaptability is through the roof. I think mechanics, because it's so simple. You use for um, anything. You could use it for anything, but you can't nope. really change the mechanics. No, mechanics. Yeah, well, I mean, we did, yeah, you we, know, a little bit. 
yeah. of a way. Yeah, by, by, with by my Andrew four dice of like some, oh, some what, four dice, but numbers. like I don't know if there was room for us to change anything. And that, that's just because the mechanics are so simple. Yeah, there's well, not a need to. You yeah. could almost bring in more mechanics and make it more complicated. Like we could have rolled a d20 in the middle to see how something played out. Right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you could, true. you could, or change the order. Yeah, you the, could based on dice rolls or something. Oh, I think you could adapt the mechanics and add more mechanics to it, but uh, yeah, it's all in support of the role play. Like, if you really wanted, you could kibosh in like some sort of like combat system, which we did actually. Well, yeah, and yeah. we kind of made a combat system for us. Um, and like what Amanda was saying, like, oh, if you've never played RPG before and like you were thinking about it and you want to learn how to role play, this is a great place to start. You could even put in your potential D and D characters here, and as a way of showing their backstory. And how they interact with each other. And that's a good way of experiencing that. Like, you could so easily put anything in here with whatever DM that's going to be DMing the next thing. They can just plug in all the stuff into a table and you're, you're good to go. I think, like, in adaptability, it's probably a five. I'd say four. You would say four? I'd say four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so it's so simple that, like, I, I want it to be more in-depth kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I, I, I want it just so I can be like, well, I'm kind of... I'm kind of stumped here because if you had like, if you weren't sure and like, we had a couple of these like, uh, in that, in that setting where it was, uh, where it was Kayla and Nathan, uh, those two characters talking, it was kind of like, okay, we, we should add something, but we couldn't, I, I couldn't tell like what kind of thing. And I think that the part of that may have been though, because we were trying to play towards a, an objective, as yeah. we're trying to tell mm-hmm. stories. Well, that's very true. Yeah, we, we we kind of well, and I guess that speaks to the adaptability as well. Like we basically shanghaied the story mm-hmm. and wedged our own narrative or, or larger DMTK meta narrative into that, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah, but again, I think the the story adaptability is is super high. I think the mechanic adaptability is. There's just not a lot of mechanics to adapt. Yeah. Right? My... Other than adding more things into it, um, which, yeah. you know, I don't know if you'd want to do so. My four comes from the fact that there were so many options in the book and there were so many different things that it was like, oh, we could play this again and I'd be excited to play with this, this, and this, mm-hmm. that I wasn't actually inspired to adapt it. Mm-hmm. And so while I think it has high adaptability, I also think that the amount of uh, campaign settings that are already in existence really lends itself to you not needing to adapt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you probably don't need to. And um, I don't know if I told you guys the uh, setting that we picked the ice was the is considered the hardest setting to start with. If you've never played Fiasco. You when, did not tell us. No, I did not tell you. I didn't want to intimidate y'all. But like when I was reading reviews and stuff, a lot of people said like, "Oh, the ice is the hardest." Just because it's harder for people to get in that mindset, but I also mm-hmm. think we're all natural storytellers, so that was pretty easy for us. I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it was it was an entertaining time. Less so for the ship's cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, commanding, commanding officer. officer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where do we land on adaptability? You're saying four. Saying I four. wouldn't. I wouldn't give it a five, just because I think the the mechanical adaptability just isn't there mm-hmm. because there's just not a lot to adapt. Um, like it's not quite a an open sandbox. Like there's there's one rule there's basically, and you need to stick to that one yeah. rule. But in terms of story adaptability, yeah. it's huge. So yeah. like, I would, I'm, I'd be happy with a four. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah, probably agree with four. Yeah, get yeah, four it is. All right, and then mechanics heavy. 
Yeah. Like, no, I think this is probably going to be the only one that's a one unless yeah. we encounter another game in the future. I feel like I'm we like, should reverse the the category just for these guys so they get like all top marks because now it looks like it's a low mark. But <laughs> nah. really, yeah. really, it's a easy <clears throat> mechanics. Yeah, it's I mean, super easy. Yeah. It's so easy that you know, yeah, drama was, students could do it. Yeah, it was so fast to get into, <laughs> so easy to understand that it was just like, oh, boop, boop. we had to add rules to make it like different yeah. simply because I wanted to tell kind of a story and it didn't work too well but it still was there <laughs> yeah like a, lot, like a lot of time when we go into a system i read ahead and i try to make a cheat sheet for everybody this is one where i was like okay guys i'll let you know i'll read the book and i'm like don't worry about it guys we'll figure it out on the day of it'll be fine yeah, yeah. yeah. like and it was and it was, it was. Yeah. um so yeah no it yeah i don't think you get simpler mechanics no 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 you really couldn't like once you get your head in the a game of like what i think the only thing do, that would be simpler yeah. is, is just literally it's zero an improv mechanics. Group. just like yeah. a straight improv session yeah. And that's not really a game at that point. So yeah. Yeah, the, it it's basically one mechanic throughout the whole game. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's go around for uh, our individual reviews. Let's start. So for me, like I'm not too much on the RP side. I do enjoy it, but it's not sort of my thing. So I put it like a two point five at the most. Mm-hmm. I almost feel it would be better as an outside observer. Oh, it was. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be a great thing. Like I said, as a uh, to watch, uh, like, an improv group. Yeah. I was to... having a blast watching you guys go. Yeah, it so it's, like, so fun. It's, you get to see the story of all, like, playing a role in creating and being an actor in that story is can be fun, and you can, you know, push your own way. Like, it's very mm-hmm. loose and open to that, and, like, I wouldn't think I would go out of my way to play it again. Yeah, you're not a you're not a whole really big into the ERP side of it, so I could definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's like as the rules lawyer, (laughs) there's not much (laughs) rules to lawyer. Yeah, this is anarchy for the lawyer. There's there's no laws here. You mean I just like gotta like come up with something like on the spot? Oh god. (laughs) Check the note. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And again, you know, you also think about like Ours is also made more difficult because we we're playing two characters trying to yeah. adhere to these. Yeah. Yeah, so was, we were doing things in like we were, hard mode. Yeah, as we, possible. Were, we were doing hard, a weird hard mode. We did a lot of and things it was still this easy game. for us. I would, I would love to. Uh, for for me, it's a four. Um, I would love to to play this again. I think it would be great to bring to a small uh, like, yeah, like game a night or, or a New Year's party. Just or, do this to Christmas with my family. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be good. Yeah. Anyways, that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, my Mother's podcast. Day is coming up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I think uh, I would love to play this with um, people who not, not not they were expecting a game, but they weren't expecting this mm-hmm. um, or, you know, people carving out a couple of hours to do it, um, have a couple drinks and, and just sit back, especially with. Um, any of my friends that have a theater or an improv background, I think you could get totally wild and have a lot of fun with this. Yeah. Um, do some LARPing. Do some LARPing, you know, get, get really into it. Andrew's, Andrew's really, lit up. really. Yeah. I want to do this so bad. Um, I would give it a, yeah, a four is my, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a four. Um, I'd love to play this again. My only, um, drawback. The thing that I didn't like, I didn't like that we had to play it over two sessions. Um, so I'd probably alter the rules either Mm -hmm. to keep it down to just one round per act or do something to just cut down the time. I'd really like it to be just a one enclosed. We also tend to go the garden path. We do. Yeah. Secondly, 
It's first time playthrough. It's like, it, like as I said, like especially with the learning curve, like if you played this four or five times, Absolutely. you get really good at it. Absolutely. Then there are some rules in the back of the book for um, different variations on play that I didn't mention. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you do you can do less turns for players. Um, you can do time limits for scenes, things like that. Like there's well, that there, there are time limits yeah. for scenes might make sense because I think my my initial feeling was that the the scene like we started to kind of tighten them up a little bit yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah i think we were letting people go a little long and, and struggle on their own before we yeah yeah, yeah. 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 We're we're not nice and no. is sort of like well yeah and i guess part of us also part of us learning the game as well was yeah. like trying to fumble our way through there and get the idea and like well we had a good idea of what was going on like i think i think once the second i hit we started to get really get the groove of what was going on that we lost some of that energy from having to do in the second session yeah but yeah. i'd love to do this again and i feel like this is the kind of game that you could take to a games night rather than needing to find a bunch of people who are interested in doing a tabletop rpg you could bring this to a group of people that normally play ticket to ride or mm-hmm. oh yeah like settlers Catan or whatever yeah these yeah people- People would be 100% in for that kind of... Because it's like three hours. Yeah. It's yeah. three hours long. That's about it. So um, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Like, I really enjoyed um, the cha- the pure chaos that comes up and the random stories that happen. Like, I still remember when Jeff decided to hit the CO. And I was just blown away. This is this is where this is going. We are going to murder people. And <laughs> I did that, not mean to murder. Was completely that, was, that was the Sorry. dice deciding in my section. And it was great. Um, so I really found that really exciting. Like, obviously, the only reason it doesn't go all the way to five to me is because, like, I do like long-term stories in general. But, like, bringing this out as a party game or even as an introductory for anyone who wants to get into tabletop... I freaking love it. I think it's great. Yeah, I think this would be a great session minus one for yeah. people playing D anD. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I would take this to like New Year's or Christmas or whatever, and just just drinking with the family and just being like, "All right, now what?" And yeah. it'd be uh, it'd be a blast. But I was watching, like I was mostly sta- sitting back and watching you guys go, mm-hmm. and I had such a good time <laughs> watching everyone go that like I would probably give it a four point five. I just the only reason it's not getting a, a like a perfect score is because like I wasn't that involved. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of enjoying watching, and that was it's a weird balance. But I it was I'm glad that I just sitting and watching as opposed to playing because mm-hmm. then the stress of like all right spotlights on you now what wasn't on me but it was it was really fun so. and that was kind of the nice thing about the scenes is because you kind of uh sit back and observe what's happening if you're not involved and the nice thing about scenes is everyone gets an opportunity to come into the spotlight and do their own thing and add their own flavor mm-hmm. where sometimes a lot of times when you're playing tabletop with a big group of people there's usually one or two people that kind of own most of the spotlight yeah, and like a rogue versus ranger yeah exactly <laughs> and, there's, and there's the people that tend to be are quiet and like you know as soon as everyone else is talking they just shut up so mm-hmm. it's a good way to, like, force people to come out and participate, which is really cool to kind of see the crazy things that happen, because mm-hmm. the people who often don't talk as often bring the weirdest shit to the table, which... Yeah, because you're really not expecting it at all. Exactly. <laughs> like Nathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I'd i give it a four. Um, I'd, I would be interested to see how a different group kind of plays with this. I mean, we've been playing together for, for long enough that we kind of... Know Even we had know each other and kind of have a feeling about how things are going to yeah. go, but yeah. It's a good beer Friday game. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. Beer Friday's dead. <laughs> when you kill beer Friday. Because I work yeah. in Richmond until we did, 5 We did beer day. Friday last Friday. It's just a North Shore beer Friday. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen that, yeah. All right, any last comments about Fiasco? Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Play it. A you lot of fun. It. Not really a long term. And if you have a couple shy people... Just give them the four die. 
and let them complicate it. Like, just do the rules we did, and they'll and they'll just be like, oh, okay, here we go. And it'll it'll probably be a lot of fun. It's not there's not it's not an intensive game. No, it's not long term, but I could see this. You could set up a weekly or a biweekly event with some people and just create new characters every time and yeah. and explore the world that way. And I think that would be a lot. It's of a good social game. That, yeah, yeah, that could be fun. I think if you were. Um, more into the I want a long term campaign. There are better systems out there for Absolutely. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want a uh, kind of casual where you don't know how many people are going to make it and you have like a games night kind of thing, this is a mm-hmm. great one to throw into the mix every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's a crash course in RPG. It's a crash yeah. course. And if you want to onboard somebody uh, that's never played an uh, RPG before and is wishy washy about it, I think this is a great game. You could easily yeah. jump from like code names to this game. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like it'd be so fast. Yeah. Baby's first RPG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. Well, that was Fiasco. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Ooh.